Top of the morning to you, laddie. It's your old chuckle buddy, Kazu. Jonathan James Ramcharan, reporting live for duty on this magnificent June 30th in the year of our Lord, 2019. Welcome and bienvenue to Jonathan Ramcharan, the podcast. Get your shoe shined up, boy. Boy, I'm gonna run you ragged, boy. I'm gonna fucking work you over, son. If you're new to the podcast, Jonathan Ramcher and the podcast, I am an actor extraordinaire. I once wrote a screenplay and pitched it to the National Film Board of Canada. Yeah, a feature-length screenplay I written. This was uh, when I was a youngster, when I was a youngin'. I was like, I don't know, 21. I grew up loving the National Film Board. National Film Board of Canada did a lot of great animation, a lot of great documentaries. There was um, uh, some classic animation like The Cat Came Back the Very Next Day, The Cat Came Back. They thought he was a goner, but the cat came back. He just wouldn't stay away. Do you remember that animated short? It was like about this guy who, he finds this cute little kitten, right? This kind of doofy, goofy, doofy, dumb, dumb looking dude, some goofball. He finds this cute little kitten, takes the kitten home. The kitten starts fucking up the house, turning his life upside down. So he keeps trying to get rid of the cat, but the cat keeps coming back. And it slowly drives him insane to the point in which there's a climactic ending. And it's this really cool short cartoon from like, I don't know, probably the 80s. The cat came back the very next day. The cat came back. He thought he was a goner, but the cat came back. He just wouldn't stay away. You can probably find it on YouTube. It's great. National Film Board of Canada. And, uh, yeah, I was always a fan. They had great documentaries. They had one, um, I forget what it was called. It was like um, something like, Where's John Mulaney Tonight? It's called something like that. And uh, I forget what it's called. Actually, no, I got my cell phone right here. So let me look it right the fuck up. See, look, things are things are happening and popping here at Jonathan Ramter and the podcast. You know, I got a fucking little intern. I'll be my own intern. Jonathan Jr. <laughs> yeah, that's my intern. Jonathan Jr. Jonathan Jr. Yes, master. Jonathan Jr. I want you to look up uh, something about the National Film Board. Some John Mulaney, uh, John Delaney fucking... I don't know, documentary from the National Film Board, 1973. Look it up, Jonathan Jr. Yes, Master, yes. Uh, One moment, audience. I'm Jonathan Jr. And let me look this up here on the cell phone. Uh, um, Documentary. Uh, uh, National Film Board. Uh, 
Hey, one moment, audience. How are you doing, by the way? My name is Jonathan Jr. I'm an intern here at Jonathan Rampton on the podcast. Funniest podcast in the land, by the way. I love it. <laughs> it is such an... Shut up, Jonathan Jr. Jonathan Jr., just fucking look it up. Yes, master. Okay, back to my point. I'm looking up this film from the National Film Board, 1973. Uh, Give me one moment, audience. I'm almost there. It's not as easy as it sounds. Okay, I'm coming. I'm coming closer and closer to the finale. Okay, I'm almost there. Okay. Oh, oh. Um, uh, oh, uh, I can't seem to find it. I can't seem to find it. And they're going to fire me from Jonathan Ramter and the podcast. I cannot have this. Oh, no. What will I do with my life? You better hurry the fuck up, Jonathan Jr. I'm starting to fucking lose it here. Okay, master. I'm trying my best. I know I can't find it. Where is it? I can't find it. Oh no, what have I done? Oh no. I am a failure. They're going to send me back to Transylvania. Oh no. I'm a failure. I'm an absolute failure. I'm a loser. They're gonna whip me and beat me. Jonathan Jr., I'm starting to lose my fucking patience here. I really am. The audience is starting to really hate this. I know there's nothing I can do about it. I'm a pathetic loser. (laughs) Oh, I'm so stupid. Oh, no. What have I done? National Billboard. Canada. Ah, no. Drinking 1973. (laughs) No. I will not give up on this. I am angry now. I must find out exactly what it is. I will not give up on this. No, I will not. I will not be fired from Jonathan Ramter and the podcast. No. I will find out exactly what this is. I'm sorry, audience. You must bear with me here. It's not as easy as you think looking things up on a cell phone. Uh, National Film Board of Canada. National Film Board of Canada. 1973. Where are you, you stupid film? (laughs) Where are you? I can't take it anymore. I don't know how much longer I can do this. Where is this fucking thing? (laughs) Palette of John. Oh, 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 oh.
<laughs> Where are you, you fucking piece of shit? Oh, oh no! Ay, 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 ay. Okay, I gotta bail on this. <laughs> Anticlimactic ending. I strung it along as I could. Um, I can't find this fucking thing. Jonathan Ramtran, the junior. Jonathan Jr. Yes, master. I'm sorry I could not find the thing you were looking for. Well, you know what? Get back in your cage. Get back in your fucking cage, Jonathan Jr. <laughs> master, no, stop it. <laughs> well, it was nice meeting you, ladies and gentlemen. I'll talk to you next time. <laughs> A round of applause for Jonathan Jr. Round of applause for Jonathan Jr., the stupid fucking Transylvanian uh, intern over here at Jonathan Ramsey on the podcast. That fucking idiot isn't worth dog shit. Couldn't even find it. I'm sorry, ladies and gentlemen. I'm trying to train him better. Uh, Jonathan Jr., the intern, he's, he's locked up back in his cage. And, uh, yeah, anyways. Um, the National Film Board basically put out some great films. And um, the one that Jonathan Jr. there couldn't find... It's like, it's about um, alcoholism and uh, these Skid Row drinkers in Montreal circa 1973, 1975 or something like that. And um, it was very, um, just very raw documentary work. And um, I just always had a love for the National Film Board of Canada. So... To go back to the point, before Jonathan Jr. failed us here. I'm sorry, master. I am so sorry. Yeah, whatever, Jonathan Jr. Uh, before Jonathan Jr. failed us there, um, I, uh, I pitched a film. A film that I wrote, a screenplay, to the National Film Board. And I went down to their office. This was in um, Edmonton, Alberta. And they were very kind to me. They were very, like, um, you know, respectful and everything. But they basically dabble in, for the most part, they dabble in uh, documentaries, documentaries, and uh, animation. So that's the kind of projects that they do at the time. This was like uh, 2008. So at the time, that's what they were doing. They weren't really into original feature-length films. They were more into documentaries and uh, animation. But yeah, that's just some of the journey that I've been on. Part of the journey that I've been on as an actor. 18 years of experience, diploma in theater arts. Going forward, going strong, going all the way. Hallelujah. I am also an alcoholic <laughs> I just want to see my kids again. <laughs> no, 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 no. I don't have any kids, and um, my life has been charmed as of late. I have two years and seven months of sobriety. If you need sobriety in your life, ladies and gentlemen, please go out there and get it. Uh, I'll keep this quick. What I did was I got into a 12-step program. That's a program where you check yourself into um, the program being just attend meetings. There's meetings that go on throughout the city, all over the world, cities all over the world. There are meetings, recovery, sobriety meetings that you can attend. 
of your own will. Um, well, that will plays a big part in recovery, actually, because the addict, the alcoholic, the substance abuser, they have, generally speaking, um, life is just a game of ego in general. And what are you willing to strip away from yourself in order to move forward? You know, are you are you able to have the humility to put your will, your agenda, your ego aside and take a look at the big picture? You know, are you able to accept that you are no longer able to engage with certain activity, substances? And uh, so it's a game of will. But basically, your attendance, you attending meetings... That's of your own will. I mean, no one's going to force you to attend. No one's going to ask for your personal information. There are no dues, no fees. It's all very um, private. And you can attend these meetings and uh, be in a community of people working towards recovery. You know? So I highly recommend that to anybody out there needing recovery. Go out there and give it a chance. You know? Um... But, yo, like, one thing on the recovery tip, uh, you know, recovery is recovery. I mean, just, you know, different strokes for different folks, you know. Not everybody is in recovery. Not everybody needs recovery. So something that's interesting going on in Canada now, uh, this is, uh, we're in a new age of legalization, right? Legalization of marijuana. October 17th, I believe, 2018, October 17th, 2018, I believe, was the legalization of marijuana in Canada. And uh, I could be wrong on that date, but basically, uh, 2018, we were legalized. Jonathan Ramtran! Jonathan Jr., the intern, get over here. Yes, master. Yes, master. Thank you for giving me another chance, master. Yeah, look up the fucking legalization of fucking marijuana in Canada. Okay, master. I could do that very quickly. I'm on the cell phone, master. Yes, thank you, Mao. This is my big shot, my big opportunity to redeem myself in front of the audience. Shut up, Jonathan Jr., and just figure it out. Okay, master. Okay, okay. Legalization... Legalization, legalization of weed in Canada, in Canada. Would you stop wheezing like a fucking perverted weirdo? Oh, sorry, master, sorry, sorry. Okay, what do we have here? Hey. What have I got here? I cannot seem to find it. Oh no, they're going to beat me. Jonathan Jr., you are really wearing thin on me. Okay, Master, okay. One moment, you'll be so impatient. Okay, let me see here. Yes, I have it. The Cannabis Act C-45, the Cannabis Act C-45 of June 2018 paved the way to legalization of cannabis in Canada on October 17th, 
2018. Thank you, Jonathan Jr., you fucking idiot. Holy shit. So, yeah, that's right. Um, marijuana was legalized October um, 18th, 17th, 2018. October 17th, 2018. And a byproduct of that is um, people smoking marijuana in public. Now, I don't fucking get it. When I was smoking weed, when I was drinking, smoking weed, getting high, uh, when I was smoking weed, part of the joy of smoking weed is being high incognito. What's the point of gagging on a joint? (laughs) What's the point of gacking on a joint in public, reeking of marijuana, you know, causing a scene, and having everyone stare at you? The joy of being high in public is for people not to know that you're high. You get high at home, then you go out in public. That's the joy of it. I'm so sick of seeing these people standing on the curve, puffing on a blunt. It's like you're reeking up the air. You're drawing negative attention to yourself. You're weak. You're weak. You reek like marijuana. It's just plain stupid. Get high at home, then go out. Anyway. But more importantly, get sober if you need it, you fucking addict. (laughs) You fucking lush. You fucked up, washed up, fucking... I don't know, whatever the fuck it is. I love you. I'm one of you. So calm down. Do what you need to do. And uh, get a little class to you. If you, if, you still, if you smoke marijuana and that's good for you, so be it. Fine. To each their own, if you're cool with it. But just, why do you got to do it in public? You look like a complete loser. You know? Standing there smoking a joint on the curb just because you can. Like, you could do it before. I smoked weed in public anyways. What the fuck are they going to do? Eh, bad boy. Bad boy, don't smoke weed in public. They give you a little slap on the wrist. I've been busted by the cops for smoking on a joint in public. Tell them to fuck off. Get beat it. Stupid pig. What do you give a shit what I'm doing? Why are you smoking weed in public? Because I'm going to do whatever the fuck I want anyways. And then they come and they put that out. And you just throw it on the ground. It was no big deal to begin with anyways. So, now that it's, what, now that it's legal? Oh, I'm going to smoke on the curb just because it's stupid. You're drawing negative attention to yourself. You're reeking like marijuana. Now everybody knows you're a drug user. The joy of being high in public is to be incognito. Just to be on, on planet, on fucking Jupiter, standing there in Tim Hortons, like, standing there in the lineup, you know? Anyway. So, um, yes, recovery. <laughs> I'm not really pitching it very well, am I? <laughs> the joy of being high? Well, if you can handle it. But uh, when, there's no joy in marijuana if you can't handle it. Because I got to a point where I was getting drunk and high so often, I just went, paranoid, paranoid, everybody's coming to get me. I had a paranoid episode where I'm like, I'm going to die. I'm going to die. Ah! And I'm like, the sun, the sun's following me. I, I went into a fucking straight up manic, paranoid episode where I thought the sun was following me. Can you get any more egotistical than that? I literally thought the sun revolved around me. The earth revolved around me. I'm like, oh, the sun is following me. Actually, no, the sun is in its own rotational orbit to um, give life to the planet, not to um, be interested in my every little whim. That's why the fucking sun is in rotation. But no, like in my fucking paranoid, high rattled state, I'm like, the sun's following me. (laughs) Anyway, um... You know, the joy of being high is if you can be high. 
the fucking misfortune, pain, turmoil, hell of being high is when you can't handle it and you get fucking paranoid. So um, that's the downside of marijuana. It's not all cute and wootsy wootsy hootsy hoo. Like you're 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 altering your mind when you smoke marijuana. You're in an altered mind state. Some people can deal with that. Some people can't. You're altering your mind. So it's not some little, oh, it's just, it opens you. Like, I hate that fucking argument that's just this little, oh, it's just, you know, it's for love and it's, it's calming and it's natural and it's this and it's that. And it's also altering your natural mind state. That's a fucked up thing. You're altering your mind. When are you in an altered mind state? It's when you're ingesting toxins or drugs of some sort. Like, think about that. You're naturally exactly how you're supposed to be. Sure, marijuana is natural, grows on the earth, but you are natural. You're already in your natural state. So when you start puffing on marijuana, you are now in an unnatural state. No matter how natural the fucking marijuana is that you're smoking. You're altering your mind. <laughs> I just want you to be... I just, wanna, I, I just want you back. Anyways, whatever. Do whatever you're going to do. But just, for God's sakes, be safe. All right? Bottom line. Whew. <laughs> and uh, I'm also a janitor. Um, yes. Uh, if you're new to the show, I'm a janitor. <laughs> uh, I recently heard a gay man take a shit in a urinal, or a toilet stall, I should call it. Uh, you know, it was, it was, there's this gay guy. Hi, good morning. This gay guy um, at, one, at my job site. And um, I was in the bathroom, you know, I was mopping the floor. <laughs> mopping the floor, right? The, guy, the gay guy comes in. Good morning. I'm like, hey, good morning. And he goes into the bathroom stall and he sits down. And I'm like, I got to get the hell out of here. I don't want to hear this. And all of a sudden, plop. It sounded like somebody dropped a bowl of spaghetti on some young boy's back. Plop. Splat. You know, a bowl of spaghetti hitting the back of some young, rippled, uh, naked young man. Just a bowl of spaghetti. Splat. What it sounded like, this gay guy taking a shit. I know, that's cringe humor. That's like the that's a genre called cringe humor when it's just foul and disgusting and it's intended to be gross. And I was actually I was actually even questioning that myself. I'm like, should I say that? It's not that it's like I mean it's funny. It struck me as funny, you know, like a gay guy taking a shit sounds like a bowl of spaghetti hitting the back of some strapping young man. Splat. Right? <laughs> I'm like, oh, that's pretty gross, but it is funny to me, so I thought I'd mention it. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> um, oh, yes. Um, I took a picture of this painting, you know, by one of the bathrooms. Uh, I work in this office building, and there there's several offices and bathrooms and whatever. And as a janitor, you know, I'll be wheeling my little uh, janitor buggy. <laughs> With the one little one little wonky wheel, and I'm pushing my little janitor buggy, 
and I go around the corner and there's this uh, office bathroom. So I'm going to go into the office bathroom and plunge a toilet, scrape a urinal, whatever I got to do, right? So I'm going into the bathroom and I notice on the wall this painting. This really, um, I guess you would call it, uh, I don't know what you would call it. It's like some sort of modern type painting. But it's a scene. The scene of the painting is this businessman standing behind a desk and what appears to be a maid standing on the other side of the desk. Then there's this ominous open window. It's like the scene of a crime. It's like the scene of a sexual assault. <clears throat> Rosemary, in my office. Si, senor. Si, si, senor. How can I help you today, Mr. Matheson? Ah, yes, Rosemary. Uh, I've been watching your work, and, uh, you know, you're quite a fetching young uh, taquito yourself there, Rosemary. Oh, si, senor. I I like you very much, too, Mr. Matheson. Yes, Rosemary. Yeah, yes, you are quite fetching little taco lady yourself. Get over here, you little fucking minx. No, no, Mr. Matheson. No, stop it. Stop it, Mr. Matheson. What would the what would the people say? Ah, no, Rosemary, I gotta have you, baby. I'm gonna bend you over this desk. No, Mr. Matheson. Stop it. Stop it. <laughs> ah, I gotta have it. I gotta have it. Ah. It's like this painting of a rape scene. I'm like, what is this? Right by the bathroom. So I took, a pi- I took a picture of it. I'm going to post it on the, on the website, the podcast website. Took this picture. And, uh, yeah, you know. <sighs> Rosemary, I got to have you. I got to have you, honey. No, stop it, Mr. Matheson. Stop it. Oh. <laughs> strange, ominous painting of a rape scene. I'm like, what the fuck is this? Right by the bathroom stall? That's supposed to be decorative? I also got in a little bit of a, <laughs> also got into a little bit of a, uh, I don't know what you would call it, uh, <laughs> I guess a little bit of, I had some words, some passive aggressive words with some stupid office dwelling loser the other day, it's hilarious, so some people have no common sense, they see things the way they see things through their lens. Now, long and short of it, there's this office floor. And on this floor, they're doing a move-out, meaning they're changing over the office. So during a move, if you've ever moved in your life, obviously there's garbage that occurs, accrues, right? There's extra garbage when you do a move. Like your daily garbage that you throw out from your household is obviously going to be more during a move, all of a sudden you're throwing out things that you no longer need in order to make your move more, I don't know, efficient, easier, whatever, right? So you have to, you know, you're not going to take garbage with you to the new site, obviously, right? So they're doing this move, so there's obviously more garbage, right, than usual. So I'm going to collect the garbage out of these garbage bins, right? I got my little garbage trolley. I'm pushing my little garbage trolley. And as I go, I, look, I notice the garbages are over full, overflowing, garbage, garbage everywhere because of this move. There's more garbage because there's more things going on. So as I go to empty the garbage, this uh, lady, she walks by, she goes, Oh, there you are. You know, in all my years working here, I've never noticed the garbage bin being that full. I look at her and I go, 
Yeah, it's a nice change, isn't it, miss? <coughs> One of her co-workers laughed, right? <coughs> I got a laugh. Then she goes, actually, no, it's not. It's No, it's not a good change, no. At which point I just, uh, I just said nothing. And yeah, boom, I burned her, right? Yeah, it's a nice change, isn't it? <coughs> One of her co-workers laughs. And then it's like, then she goes, actually, no, no, it isn't. It's like, it got me thinking, like, the last word is so overrated. You know what I mean? Like, I already established that, one, I'm mocking what you're saying, and two, I don't give a fuck what you're saying. You know? I've never noticed in all my years working here this much garbage. Yeah, it's a nice change, isn't it? Actually, no, it's not. Really? Like, I already told you. I already told you, basically, I don't care what you're saying, and I'm going to insult you. I've already established that with what I said. You know, I already put that tone out there, but she has to get the last word. Actually, no, it's not. I'm like, whatever. I just let it go, because it's like... Sometimes you just got to know when to shut up in life, right? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you know, it's just one of those funny little things you notice where it's like... Sometimes people can drag you back into an argument if... People are always, not always, not to say that the world is that cynical where they're always out to get you or anything, but it's just funny how people set these little traps. They talk to you in these little passive-aggressive ways, and it's funny. You can engage with it or disengage. Pardon me. You can engage with it or disengage from it, and uh, it just felt like one of those moments that I had to engage because it's like, she's, but she's giving me some bullshit fucking spiel about some bullshit that's not my responsibility, not my problem, not my care. And it's obvious that there's more garbage because you guys are doing, because you're throwing out more garbage, you idiot. It's not like, oh, the garbage bin hasn't been changed because of um, lack of garbage changing. It's because there's more garbage. And I can't be here every fucking second to monitor when somebody throws a piece of trash in the trash bin, you fucking idiot. What do you want, what do you want me to do, move in here? Set up a bed right next to the fucking garbage can. 24-hour fucking watch on the garbage can. You fucking idiot. Yeah, it is a nice change, isn't it? You know? You've worked here for 20 years. Now the garbage is overflowing. Wow, something different in your fucking day for once. You fucking office-dwelling loser. Fuck off and die. Actually, no, it isn't a good change. No shit, you fucking idiot. I'm being sarcastic, and I don't give a fuck about you or what you're saying. Fuck off. Anyways, I'm a janitor. <laughs> and last of all, I am a stand-up comedian extraordinaire. I host a show of my own, Our Righteous Mike, in downtown Toronto, Cabbage Town. Lovely little hole in the wall. Cranberry's Restaurant. Yes, Cranberry's Restaurant is where I host my show. Cranberry's Restaurant. Come on down sometime. We'd love to have you. You know, have a steak, an Atlantic salmon, you know, some garlic shrimp. Ooh, try the garlic shrimp, senor. Ooh, the nan bread. The garlic butter chicken is to die for, senor. Ooh, come on down sometime. Have a couple laughs, couple chuckles, couple guffaws. We'd love to have you. We do the show every second and fourth Thursday of the month. Information on my website, jonathan-ramcharan forward slash shows. Come out, come out and see us. Come out and be a part of something. You fucking idiot. <clears throat> and also, I was on the road. Yes, I was on the road this weekend, this past Friday. I was in Hamilton. 
Hamilton, Ontario, doing a stand-up comedy show. Had a great show, had a great time. It was a lovely little gig. Um, it was at this bar called 905 Bar, 905 Comedy Hour. I was down there slanging some jokes, and it was a blessed evening. So, you know, that's a couple things going on with my comedy at the moment. So there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. There you have it. Jonathan Ramcharan, actor, alcoholic, janitor, stand-up comedian. So, welcome to the show. That was a long motherfucking intro. But there was some, you know, interesting little tidbits in there, and that's the show. You know, keep it loose, keep it loosey-goosey. I get loose better than Mother Goose, rock the mic day and night. So that's what I do, just spit it from the hip, you know? Stream of consciousness, baby. Yes, Toronto, it's a beautiful, beautiful, um, sunny day here in Toronto. It's the long weekend, Canada Day long weekend, and it is gorgeous. Um, feeling very blessed, very blessed to be here and blessed to be alive. Um... But this is an interesting little story that, uh, not in conjunction with the weather, I could just wrap it up on that. It's just beautiful summer, beautiful summer, hallelujah, hoping you all are having a great time. Get out there and enjoy yourself, enjoy the weather, enjoy your friends. I, in other news, um, I read this very, uh, I don't know, terrifying Terrifying is a word that comes to mind. Article in the National Post, Saturday, June 29th, 2019. Now, um, you can get information on this article at nationalpost.com. I'm going to read a fair chunk of it just to give some real context to the article. It's kind of, um, it's a very well-written, heavy concept article, so... To get the most out of what I'm saying here, I think I got to read a little bit, uh, do a little reading here for y'all so you can get a grip of what's going on because there's a lot of shit going on here. And, um, you know, bear with and enjoy. Uh, So the title of the article is, It Just Really Ethically Scares Me. Should Pieces of Human Brains Be Put in Monkeys? Written by Sharon Kirky. The monkeys in Douglas Minaz's Kingston lab look like other monkeys. They socialize and move around and eat and drink in the same way. They don't fall over or stagger around. In fact, the only thing separating the macaques from their unaltered lab mates is the elevated level of specific human protein implanted in their brains. Proteins that accumulate in the brains of humans with Alzheimer's disease. The monkeys have been injected with beta amyloid, a molecule that, in high enough amounts, is toxic to human brain tissue. Minaz and collaborators are studying the earliest changes in those monkeys' cerebrums. Normally, it takes several decades for Alzheimer's to unfold in human brains. The researchers don't have that kind of time. The injections speed things up. If left alone, eventually the monkeys will start to show signs of Alzheimer's. They make more mistakes on memory tasks 
and their reaction time slows. Alzheimer's research relies heavily on rodents. Manaz is trying to develop a monkey model of Alzheimer's because one of the biggest reasons for the staggering string of flops in the search for an effective treatment for the brain ravaging disease is the species gap. The rat brain is a long way away from the human brain. Not so much a monkey's. Manaz, Canadian Canada Research Chair in Neuroscience at Queen's University, has reported his work using brain molecules. Others are implanting monkeys with fragments of human brain tissue extracted from people who died with Alzheimer's. Now, however, some are going further in proposing the creation of human monkey chimeras, part human beings with entire portions of the brain, like, say, the hippocampus, entirely human-derived. For Manaz, the idea of biologically humanizing large portions of a monkey's brain is seriously unnerving. To be honest, it just really ethically scares me, he said. He believes in animal research as a fundamental way of understanding how the brain works. However, for us to start to manipulate life functions in this kind of way without fully knowing how to turn it off or stop it if something goes awry really scares me. However, in a new book on the science and ethics of chimeras, Yale University researchers say it's time to explore cautiously the creation of a human monkey chimeras. The search for a better animal model to stimulate human disease has been a holy grail of biomedical research for decades, they wrote in Chimera Research, Ethics and Protocols. Realizing the promise of Realizing the promise of human-monkey chimera research is an ethically and scientifically appropriate manner will require a cooperated, coordinated approach. To some, that may seem all fine and good. However, some scientists aren't waiting for the ethics to be worked out. In April, Chinese researchers announced they have inserted a human brain gene into monkey embryos, a gene critical for human brain development. The experiment provoked revulsion and fascination. Ethicists and philosophers condemned it as hugely morally risky, while the scientists behind the work are said to be keen on implanting even more human genes into the monkey embryos, including one presumed to play a role in human intelligence. Chimeras were once only monsters out of Greek mythology. Today, stem search Stem cell technologies and gene editing tools like CRISPR, C-R-I-S-P-R, CRISPR, may make the generation of those once fantastical creatures possible. Yeah, they're injecting human gene molecules into the brains, the embryos, and the brains of monkeys, first the brains of monkeys, and then even further along in that ethical debate is into the embryos, to be genetically altering, creating these chimeras, and the definition of a chimera, um, uh, I got right here, chimera is, in genetics, an organism or tissue that contains at least two different sets of DNA most often originating from the fusion of as many different fertilized eggs. 
The term is derived from the chimera of Greek mythology, a fire-breathing monster that was part lion, part goat, and part dragon. So people, these, um, well, obviously scientists in China, have been injecting, and this is not just a Chinese... Um, <laughs> This is not just a Chinese experiment. It's, it's obviously being done in um, Western, you know, North America at Queen's University, Canada. Like, um, they're injecting these human genes from people who died of Alzheimer's. They're injecting these um, beta amyloid, which is that um, destructive gene or whatever the fuck. They're injecting that into these monkey brains to see the effects of Alzheimer's, to study it. So that's ethically fucked. You're, you're injecting human DNA into a monkey's brain? But more so, they're creating these chimeras. You know, they're literally infusing human DNA into the embryo of a monkey DNA to birth these chimeras. Half monkey half human and the ethical problem is they don't know where the boundaries lie how much is too much of human DNA into this monkey how much is this thing monkey how much is this thing human whatever the fucking technical terms are that's the ethical question you're creating these half breeds that is fucked I literally welled up with tears when I read that. That is disturbing as fuck. I literally welled up with tears. I was sitting on a bench feeding the birds. You know, I I go out and I feed the birds. I I love nature. I love chilling out and shit. I'm sitting there feeding the birds. And I'm reading about these monkey chimeras getting infused with human DNA into the embryos, birthing these half-breeds. What a twisted, horrible fate. For some poor little half-human, half-monkey creature. What is it? What is it? You know what I mean? And how much emotion... Like, monkeys, these um, macaques... These are, these are intelligent little primates. So now you're, you're, you're creating these half-breeds. Who knows how much is monkey? Who knows how much is human? If I'm cut, do I not bleed? What the fuck are we doing? Yo, if you got Alzheimer's, I'm sorry. Maybe you just got to die. Lord, if I got Alzheimer's, take me as quickly as possible. If the research just isn't there to save my ass at the fucking midnight hour, then that's just how it is. I don't want you to be fucking putting my DNA into a monkey brain. Dog, come on now. What the fuck? You're playing God. You're creating these... Where is the line? And here's the thing. I am Jonathan Ramcharan, stand-up comedian, alcoholic, actor, janitor extraordinaire. I have no fucking access to this type of information. This is shit that is funneled to me through a newspaper that I paid $3 for at a convenience store. 
I have no fucking idea what is really going on, obviously. The general public has no idea what's going on, honest, obviously. And then you open the newspaper and you read about people infusing human DNA into monkey brains, creating half-monkey, half-human creatures. What is really going on at the top level? What the fuck is really going on? People are creating human monkey people. You know? And obviously the fun way of doing it is to actually fuck a monkey. Why fucking inject it with a fucking... Come here, you little monkey. Monkey sex. But like what I'm saying is, if I have this information, who really has the information? Who really has the information on this? And I welled up with tears when I read this because it is totally ethically and morally wrong. You're creating chimeras. A creature with two sets of DNA fusion, which the Greeks referred to as mythical monsters. That's what we're creating. And I love how it's just so casually in the fucking newspaper. The National Post, June 29th, 2019. Check out nationalpost.com. Article written by Sharon Kirky. This is just in the public, for the public to know and read. Oh yeah, monkey people. We're creating monkey people. No worries. No, 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 no. We're creating monkey people. Half human, half monkey. Planet of the apes. We're playing God. We're playing God. Ho-hum. Holy shit. So hit me up. JR.thepodcast at gmail.com. What do you think of this fucking thing? Good Lord. And there's a picture of this cute little macaque. Macaque? The picture of this cute little macaque behind bars. It's so sad. This cute little macaque, he's like sitting on a tree, cute little face. And there's like a chain link fence in front of him. It's like so twisted, man. So twisted. So mean. And it brought tears to my eyes to think of these poor little creatures being birthed only for the these, these half-human, half-monkey creatures being birthed only for the reason of scientific testing. And that's part of what they said, too. Part of the ethical problem of it, too, is even if we are to create these things, beyond the ethics of actually creating them, there's also the ethical moral question of we're creating them purely for the purpose of scientific research, to keep them behind bars and fucking play God with them, poke them and prod them and test at them. You know what I mean? And who knows what kind of emotional... um, There already are social, emotional, highly intelligent animals. There already are. These macaques, right? These monkeys. They already are highly intelligent social animals, social beings. So now you're infusing them with more human DNA, arguably more human qualities and traits. So what is that going to do to these poor little creatures? I am not an animal. (laughs) I am not an animal. (laughs) It's fucking barbaric. Not even barbaric. It's, um... It's, um... I don't know what the word is. Barbarous? Is that the word? Bullshit? Um, Twisted, sick, and ugly. Hit me up at podcast at gmail.com. What do you think about this? Do you want to play God? Um, On a funner note, um, like I mentioned, yeah, I had some great, I had had a great week of stand-up. 
it was fun, it was insightful. And um, what it all came down to me this week was the saying, and not to be a martyr here, because Christ said it first, but it's, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Now, don't forgive these fucking scientists, these fucking asshole crossbreeding, fucking um, chimera-creating fucking idiots over there creating monkey people. Don't forgive them. They know what they do. That's, that is beyond uh, a casual forgiveness. Not that all forgiveness has to be casual or uncasual or to categorize forgiveness, but I'm not forgiving these weirdos. Fuck them, scientists. But what I'm saying is, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do in general when you deal with people in life. Because we all have our egos, we all have our tunnel vision, we all see things, see things through the set of our own eyes. That's if not, we're not monkey people created through the set of monkey eyes or whatever the fucking weird kaleidoscope eyes that these fucking scientists are creating. But um, we all generally see things through the set of our own eyes, right? So I had a few things that popped up at me during my comedy week and uh, my week in comedy this week, this past week. And instead of getting angry, defensive, frustrated, whatever, I just uh, I just laughed it off because... You start to see people and situations for what they really are. You can step back and laugh. When you really see things for how they really are and you don't take it personally, you can only laugh at it because it's pure ridiculousness. You know, we're all dressed up like adults, but at the end of the day, we're just children. <laughs> it's, just an, it's just a more socially, it's just a, a slightly more mature version of high school. That you live in. When, once you graduate from high school, you go into the world, it's more or less just a slightly more mature version of it. it really is. You know? In a lot of ways, it's, it's more immature because we're older and we should know better. <laughs> but, like, you know what I mean? And it's, it's the world we live in. And sometimes I just got to throw my hands up in the air like my man JD or JC and cry out, you know, Lord, forgive them. They do not know what they do. And I ain't no martyr, I ain't no perfect person at all. But one thing about me that's pretty cool is I'm unimposing. Now, I might impose from time to time out of pure um, absent-mindedness. I never, I never seek to impose. I mean, for example, something comes to my mind. Um, uh, at the gig that I was doing this past weekend, um, I was sitting at, you know, the show was on in progress. I'm sitting in the back back area, backstage area or whatever. And I'm sitting right next to this, this lady's um, purse and coat. And eventually she comes by and she goes, oh, let me grab my stuff. I'm like, oh, no problem. She takes it. And it was no big deal. But then I got to thinking like, oh, like that was obviously her putting her stuff there to save that spot. And I imposed on her. I, I, I more or less accidentally took her spot. It didn't click in my mind because, I don't know, I was just thinking about the show or whatever and I sat down. So that's an example of me imposing unintentionally. You know, like I'm not perfect. From time to time, I do ignorant things like that. I mean, in a lot of ways, it's a pretty obvious cue. It's a pretty obvious signal when somebody puts their stuff down in a seating area that they're reserving that seat. And I went and I sat there anyway. And I was just kind of thinking about the show and I was oblivious. 
And that's an example of me imposing unintentionally. She might have been a little annoyed, like, well, what a fucking idiot. Like, I'm obviously saving my shit to sit there. She might have thought that, or she might not have, but at the end of the day, it was unintentional. But I never impose on people in terms of, I'm going to come up to you and, and state my will and my wants and my demands, and I'm going to say this to you, and I'm going to tell you how it is, and blah, 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 da, 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 and this is what I want, and this is what I need. Like, I don't do that. I'm just like, yo, I'm just, I'm breezing through life at my own pace. I'm doing shit myself, and I'm trying to engage with people on a fucking civil level, right? A humble level is how I'm trying to be, which isn't always easy. And, um, like, for example, um, Our Righteous Mike, that's the show I produce. That's the show I did this past Thursday. Now, a couple things happened on that show. Um, and it's all coming down to also, I want to stop. I want to stop talking about grievances, petty little squabbles, because in a lot of ways they are funny. These are the things that comedy are made out of. Comedy is made out of this. It's not infused human DNA hormone. It's made out of the observations and criticisms of a daily life, truth, honesty, um, exaggeration, hyperbole, um, conflict, tension, These are things that make up comedy. There's all sorts of ways to do comedy, but this is some of the great fodder. When you get fucking annoyed about something, you talk about it, right? Well, this isn't always worth doing because some of it's just plain petty. I don't want to gripe and moan about every stupid little thing. But you know what? Sometimes you got to say it because it's a part of the fucking journey. Like I said, I'm hosting this show. I'm producing this show, Our Righteous Mike. And a couple things happened. Well, number one, um, some of the comics were just annoying, as usual. As usual, when you're meeting new people, you start to see who they really are. And then you have to gauge how much do you want to be around that person or not, right? This comedian, she reaches out to do my show. I tell her, yes, you can do my show. Then, as I coordinate the lineup, basically I pick the order of people that go on the lineup of the show... She sends me a text message. Actually, I asked to be um, number whatever because I have somewhere to go that night. And um, I told you when you originally booked me that I wanted to be number one because I have to go do something later tonight. Oh, I'm sorry that I didn't remember uh, your little request from like three weeks ago when I booked you. And number one, I didn't book you. You asked to be on the show. I didn't seek you out. I didn't book you. You asked to be on the show, and I let you on the show. (laughs) I didn't book you. I wasn't like, gee, where can I find some mediocre comic to be on my show? (laughs) No, you asked to be on the show, and I let you on the show. So I'm like, oh, okay, whatever. So I readjust the order. And just little things like that that are just like, oh, my God, like, where's the gratitude in people? Father, forgive them for they don't know what they do. It ain't personal. She, she wasn't personally trying to insult me or be rude to me. And if she's listening to this, it's all good. But it's just that idea of like, do you not see that I'm doing you a favor and you're talking to me like an asshole? I actually told you when you first booked me that I'd like to be number one on the show because I have another show to go to that night. I actually told you this when you booked me. You mean you told me that when I was doing you a favor and I accidentally forgot? Is that what you mean? Anyway, she shows up to the show and she goes, Oh, it's great to be here. Um, 
yeah, I got another show to go to later tonight. Um, you know, you know, she actually pays. The show producer of that show actually pays. Listen, fool. Listen to anybody out there. The market more or less dictates your worth. If the people want to pay for you, then the people will pay for you. And the people will eventually pay for you once you give them a reason to pay for you. Until then, shut the fuck up and be exactly where you are. You asked to be on my show. Nobody knows who the fuck you are. I don't care if you're here. The audience doesn't care who you're, if you're here. Why would anybody pay you? Why? For what? What would I pay you for? This is a... The audience isn't even paying for the show. It's a pay-what-you-can show. It's the idea of enjoying comedy for the audience at a free level. The audience could get introduced to local talent for a pay-what-you-can basis, an inexpensive way to enjoy comedy, to enjoy the comedy of Toronto, and a way for the comedians of Toronto to have a way, an opportunity to work on their comedy. That's the whole purpose of the show. What the fuck do you mean? Why would I pay you? And again, if I booked her on the show, if I requested her on the show, maybe, yeah, maybe, yeah, I could see that. But number one, I didn't book you. You requested to be on my show. You asked to be on my show. I let you on my show, and now it's, I should pay you? What? What? Who are you? You're nobody. I'm nobody. That's the whole purpose of the show, to get better. That way we can have marketable skills where people pay us, you idiot. You don't know the game you're in, you fucking moron. I'm looking at her, I'm like, uh, well, you know, I don't know if I could afford you. I really don't know if I could afford you. And she goes, ah, <laughs> And that's what I'm saying. Father, forgive them, they know, they know not what they do. She doesn't know what the fuck she's saying. She doesn't even know what business she's in. She's, you know what I'm saying? She's completely oblivious. She's delusional. She's in her own little world. You know, I love a good audience, and audiences are good and smart, and you know what, man? Once the people know you, they want to help you. Once the people get to know you and they like you and appreciate you, the audience, it's a great relationship and they want to help you. They'll see you. They'll see your name. Oh, yeah, that's that, that's that comedian that I know and like. I would love to go to their show. You know, if they're producing a good show and it's a reasonable ticket, I would love to go support them because I like what they do. And that's the relationship between performer and audience. It's not... Give me, give me, and dibba, 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 dib. Because nobody gives a fuck about you if you're an arrogant piece of shit. And that's just the way it is. Common sense would dictate that, but a lot of people aren't that common in their common sense. Ugh. So this idiot comes and stinks up the stage. Oh, great, great, that good thing she was there. <laughs> and another thing, too, is like... um. Other comics, too, giving their little opinions on how to produce the show and how things should be done and blah, 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 blah. Hey, I have an idea. Why don't you put a spotlight here? And Yo, it's a fucking beautiful little casual cafe. If I wanted the place to look like a fucking comedy show, a big-time Madison Square Garden situation, then it would be Madison Square Garden. It's not Madison Square Garden. It's not the Danforth Music Hall. It's not fucking Macy Hall. It is fucking, or Massey Hall, whatever the fuck. It is fucking Cranberry's Restaurant. A charming little restaurant with cute little paintings on the wall and blah, 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 and diddly, diddly, duh. It is what it is. I don't need a fucking spotlight. I don't need um, this or that to make it seem like this big, com- it's, it's a fucking 
heartfelt, independent gig. That's exactly what it is. There's no illusion. There's no nothing. It's an independent, heartfelt gig. And that's it. So save the fucking, well, you know, comics with their little opinions. Maybe you should do this. Maybe you should do... What the fuck are you talking about? It's in a restaurant. It is what it is. And aside from the comics, too, some of the staff. And like I said, Lord forgive them. They don't know what they do. I don't want to sit here and be petty and talk about this shit my whole life. <laughs> but check this. Like, the staff, they always ask me sometimes. One of the ladies. Like, she's like the manager, head waitress, or whatever. Manager, head waitress. She's a very nice lady, but she's very hot and cold. She's hard to read. Sometimes she's very pleasant and, and accommodating and nice to me. Sometimes she's just cold. It's, she's hot and cold, which makes me at a very, um, at a, at a, it makes me very um, quick to be done with her. She's always very quick to be done with a conversation, and it's just like in and out. A quick conversation, right? Hot and cold. It's, she's very hard to read. And if she's listening to this, God bless you. You're great. <laughs> You're a nice person and everything else. But this is some shit that's annoying. Like she always asks me. She goes, um, uh, so is there going to be an audience tonight? That's like asking a farmer, is it going to rain today? Is it going to rain today? How the fuck do I know? How the fuck do I know? Like, all I'm, like I already told her the situation. It's like, I'm trying to build the show. I'm trying to get audience, and I'm doing the best I can to promote it. And it is what it is. This is a growing phase. This is the beginning phase. It's a young show. We've done like maybe twelve shows, ten shows so far, whatever. And you know, it's like asking a farmer, "Is it going to rain today? How the fuck do I know? Will there be audience? I don't know. I'm trying. I'm trying to get audience. I'm promoting it. I'm going out on the street with tickets, trying to meet people. Hey, what's up? Come to the show. I'm trying." But to ask me if there's going to be people, how the fuck do I know? Then in the middle of the show, I'm doing the show, right? I'm up there, I'm talking, I'm cracking some jokes, blah, blah, blah. Then out of the corner of my eye, I notice the waitress. She's walking right at me. She walks right up to me in the middle of the show, in front of the audience. She goes, oh, by the way, there's some customers here who want to see the paintings. Right in the middle of the show, just cuts me off. Oh, by the way, there's some customers here who want to see some of the paintings. Yep, here comes an ambulance to take me away. I'm about to have a fucking aneurysm from talking all this shit. Come get me. Save me. I'm not annoying. This is not annoying. For no reason. Nothing's going on. This is just a byproduct of 9-11. People want to act like there's something going on at every second, but there's not. Byproduct of 9-11. Wow. Byproduct, 9-11, byproduct. Wow, nothing's going on. We have to be in constant state of fear. Wow, nothing's going on. Somebody burned some toast. Wow, wow, somebody dropped an egg. Wow. Anyway, um, yeah, the, the waitress walks up to me right in the middle of the show, right? Right when, um, right when I'm on stage, I'm telling jokes, walks right up. Oh, by the way, excuse me, um, there's somebody wants to see, there's some customers who want to see some of the paintings. There's some customers here who want to see some of the paintings. Like I mentioned, um, there's paintings by local artists. Like I said, it's a beautiful little restaurant, beautiful little spot, and there's some original artwork for sale on the walls of the space that we're in. 
but just real tactless, real tactless, just walks right up to me in the middle of the show. There's some customers here who want to see some paintings. I'm like, uh, okay. And then this fucking obnoxious couple, they're like in their late 60s, this elderly couple walk in. The lady's bombed. She's absolutely drunk. She's holding a fucking glass of wine. Middle-aged white woman. Hey, what's your name? I'm like, uh, hi, uh, what's your name? Says it to me twice. What's your name? Just blurted it out at me, right? I'm like, uh, Pablo Picasso Ramcharan. She's, she's looking at the paintings, interrupting the show. An elderly woman, a woman who should fucking damn well know better. You're fucking 65 plus years old. You don't know what being rude and obnoxious is? You're a grown-ass woman. I don't give a fuck how old you are. If you're old enough to get drunk and walk around, if you're able-bodied enough to get drunk and walk around, then you should goddamn better know better. Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. She's in her own little mind. She's there to see the artwork. What is your name? I'm here to see the artwork. And she's wandering around, waddling around. But that's the point I'm trying to get at. Where it's like, when you don't take things personally, and you see things for how they really are, you can only laugh at the ridiculous nature of life. It's a ridiculous nature that we live in life. It's ridiculous. So, um, you know, I just kind of rolled with it. I made a little joke of it. Once she left, I was just like, holy shit, do you see that drunk old lady? Like, who the hell? What's your name? Who do you think you're talking to? I'm going to rip one of these paintings off and smash it over your head. You know, I was making little jokes like that and turned out okay. Um, but, you know, when, when you don't take things personally, you can only see things for how they really are and move away from it. And the more you are aware of what your boundaries are and what you need in life, when you're aware of your boundaries and what you need in life, you're more able to, you know, you... You, as you advance, all as you advance, all the dead weight gets brushed aside. You know, you just see a stupid, stupid obnoxious person with their stupid bullshit. You just know that you know that ain't for me. I, let me wash my hands of that. That ain't for me. And you move past it. You know what I mean? And um, you know, and to focus on the positive, because um, the show was actually really good. We had a decent audience. They were pretty cool. But um, again, like I said, some of the problem, Lord forgive them, they don't know what they do. Like I mentioned, the waitress always asking me, is there going to be people here today? Is there going to be people? How many people are coming? You're asking me if it's going to rain. Well, there was a good audience. There was like, you know, for this, it was a decent, it was a decent sized audience. But where's the waitress? Where's the waitress? You know? During the show, I had to comp- I had to go several times and be like, "Hey, can we get some service over here? Can we?" You know, I had to ask the waitress, the waiters, a couple times, like, "Hey, we have customers here who want to spend money, who want to spend money. They want to get drinks. They want to get food. Can we get a little service over here?" And this is for them. Like, I would assume as a waiter, you would like to wait on people to make money, to make tips. Do you think I give a fuck whether or not you guys sell butter chicken? <laughs> like, what do I care? You know what I mean? This is for you, the waiter and waitresses, to make money. 
You know, you sell the food, sell the drinks, make your tips. I'm not getting any money out of this. Why do I have to remind you people to make money? And why are you asking me if there's going to be audience if I bring an audience and you don't serve them? What fucking difference does it make? Does that make any fucking sense to you? To ask me constantly, how many people are going to be there? When are there going to be people? What people are going to be there? Are there going to be people there? And when I bring people, you don't serve them? What is the fucking point of asking me then? What does it matter? Father, forgive them. They don't know what they do. So I'm playing, I'm playing comic. I'm playing waiter. You know what I mean? I'm like going, hey, did you guys get your drinks? Did you guys get your food? Like, is common sense happening around here? What's going on? But Father, forgive them. They know what, no. They know, no. They, they know, no, not what they do. Father, forgive them. People are just so, uh, I don't know. I don't know. And I'm just stepping back and I'm looking at all this. I'm like, I got these comics who I'm doing a favor for by booking them, complaining about not getting paid, even though they're nobodies. You don't have a name. You don't have any credits. You don't have any experience. You barely even know what the fuck you're doing up there, yet you want to get paid. Does that make any fucking sense to you? Then you got waiters who don't have any common sense. Like, I don't know. Why don't you go wait on those people? They seem like they might want a drink or something to eat. You could make some money. You could make some tips. No, that's a little too common sense for these morons, right? And when you step back and you don't take things personally, you just laugh at it all. (laughs) Ha ha ha. Look at these comics who think they know everything and yet they know nothing. (laughs) Ha ha ha. Look at these fucking uh, waiters that um, obviously don't know what the fuck they're doing because, you know, as a waiter, you wait on people. You don't wait for them to come ask you to wait on them. (laughs) So anyway, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they do. And when you don't take things personally, you can only just step back and laugh at it. It's high school, baby. <laughs> and like I said, the weather's been great, beautiful, happy, hallelujah. The titties are out. <laughs> and before I get into titties, I just want to say, I had a titty of a time in Hamilton uh, Friday night. And that's the upside in life. You got to have a good time. You have your ups and downs, your ebbs and flows. You know, Thursday's show at Our Righteous Mike was kind of an annoyance, even though it was a fairly good show. There was just some annoying elements to it. But then I went and I did my show in Hamilton, and it was beautiful. It was great audience, great time, great experience, happy hallelujah. Those are the ebbs and flows, the tides of the time. It's just life. And you take it as it comes. And right now we're on Canada Day, long weekend, titty weather. There are titties galore. Asses galore, cocks galore, men in their tight shorts, whatever you're into. And it's beautiful, 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 beautiful weather. And I'm just happy, fortunate, happy hallelujah to be living my best life. All right? No strife. It's your old Tucker buddy, guess who? Jonathan James Ramtram, reporting live for duty on this beautiful, magnificent June 29th in the year of our Lord, 2019. Actually, June 30th in the year of our Lord, 2019. If you have any questions, queries, or qualms about anything you heard on the podcast, I don't know, like chimeras, humanoid monkey concoctions, if you have any uh, questions, queries, or qualms on elements of the show, hit me up, jr.thepodcast at gmail.com. Again, jr.thepodcast at gmail.com. Until next time, ladies and gentlemen, you live it, you love it, you realize it. Aight? Peace.